Good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. How are you today? Fantastic. Uh, the daylight savings times, I, I don't know what it... Anytime the time changes, is it called daylight savings? I don't know. I think it's stupid. Uh... I, I think I say we sign a petition, we hold an election, maybe tomorrow actually, right? Okay. Um, and we vote to never have or ever go back to the we don't need to change the time. So we need to stop pretending that we're God and just let time be time. <laughs> this is this is the problem with humanity right now. I mean, uh, look, it, it, it messed everything up. So I have a virtual assistant who lives in the Philippines. He texted me at 7 a.m. this morning because he didn't change times because hmm. other parts of the world don't do this. Yeah. That, now, uh, all that said, I will say Saturday night when the time changed, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The extra right? hour. Well, I mean, you know, we got to celebrate the... The, the Tigers and the Astros, right? It was fantastic. One of the gutsiest play calls that I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. Probably, um, sen- probably since uh, the Super Bowl when, um, whenever they, for halftime, the, the Saints, they kicked the onside kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that was fantastic. All night Saturday night, I woke up as if I was late for RCIA. Mm. I felt like I slept for years. I mean, mm. so that was nice. And I think when we go back in the spring, let's just stay. Yeah, I would say for hunting season, I really would prefer it to be the other way Mm -hmm. around because now I don't have to wake up super early to get the morning hunt. Spoken like the man who wakes up at 4 a.m. daily. Yeah, but, (laughs) you know, know, you're walking through the woods early in the morning. Whereas, like, if it gets... If it gets bright later, you don't have to do all that so early. Sure. Um, but I do actually kind of a little bit enjoy that it gets darker early. Because you be- go to bed early. I go to bed early, so it helps me. Sure. Um, I will buy you thick blackout shades for your room. <laughs> if we can just I, do, I don't have blackout shades for my... I need to. I need yeah. to, though. Um, if we can just keep it the other way out, you know. Let's just pick one, whichever one it is. Let's just pick one and, and then go stop with it. pretending that we can control time. And we'll go with it. So, um, yeah. All right. So the gospel. <laughs> Here we are. The gospel. So we were talking about um, what what the podcast would be on. And I, and I said, well, how about we talk about angels, angels and demons? Mm. Because uh, in the gospel... Uh, Christ says you'll be like angels when he says, uh, you know, there won't be marriage in heaven because you'll be like angels. Now, our blessed Lord is talking about that there won't be any procreation and procreation is one of the ends of marriage. One of the necessary ends of marriage, be fruitful and multiply, go have babies, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to repopulate the earth as God envisions that humanity continues. And in heaven, you won't need to procreate because nobody will die. So he'll say you'll be like angels. Not that you become an angel. I, I, this is kind of a popular myth. We don't get wings, Father? No, uh, not that I know of. It's not in the Bible. Um, I mean, we talk a lot about the Eucharist, shocker, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was explained to me, and I just thought that this was beautiful, that when we die, we're actually higher than the angels because of the Eucharist, because mm-hmm. of our ability to be able to receive the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. The angels have never had that opportunity. Well, that was uh, kind of the big thraka with Satan and God, because uh, whenever it was, whenever God revealed that he would become man, Satan protested and said, you know, that's so demeaning. Well, Sorry, I got caught up on thraka. 
I'm sorry. I'm gonna <laughs> derail. I'm gonna, means, de- uh, I'm gonna derail this thought just for a second. Yeah. This morning I looked at Lucy and said, "All right, Kuyon, get out of the truck." I'm not a Kuyon daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a okay. Kuyon. Right. Throw means uh, a thorn, like a thorn in my side, or a trouble, or something like that. So that the thorn in the in this, uh, the trouble was Satan saw that God would become man and Jesus Christ, the man, and. It, he was he said vocalized his trouble that you know that would demean you god well in actuality that would, he satan found it a front on him because that would make men higher than angels because god assumed a human nature not an angelic nature mm-hmm. so but people don't become angels when they die let's say someone dies and they go to heaven they they become a saint but uh, anything in heaven is a saint right so saint michael the archangel right saint gabriel a saint just means you're in you're in heaven an angel is a different creation altogether Uh, it's like it would be like the analogy is okay when i die i become a tree no you don't why well, it's just because it's something different. You become perfectly human, but you don't become perfectly a tree. And so you don't become an angel because that's just a different creation altogether. It doesn't mean you're not in heaven. It just means that angels and human beings are different creations altogether. Mm. And, man, I know some people, they, they're really set on this. If people become, you know, they're an angel in heaven. I don't doubt. Like, let's just say they're in heaven, right? That also doesn't mean that they're an angel. Angels and human beings are different creations. Just like if someone goes to hell, that doesn't make them a demon. Because a fallen angel is just a demon, right? And so if someone is sent to hell, that doesn't make them a demon. It means that they're in hell. Yeah. Uh, A demon is just an angel in hell. Whereas, you know, St. Michael or something like that, they're just an angel in heaven. Sure. And so there's different ranks of angels and demons. In heaven. Okay. Or hell. In the afterlife. In eternal life. um, Do we have our bodies? So you will in the resurrection of the dead. Mm. At the second coming of Christ, we profess this every Sunday, right? In the Apostles' Creed. Um, I believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. So when Jesus comes again... I don't think that that's what it says anymore, Father. I think it? in 2011 they changed that. It says, and I look forward to okay. the resurrection. Well, maybe I should go back to church, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, that is the old... That, that, mm-hmm. you know, I just love the the reason I... I there, there are certain prayers that we say, like, um, um, let your spirit come down like the dewfall, right? In the epicleses, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I love that, that image. I'm a very visual prayer, right? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that it says, I look forward to the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Like, I love that we say that, right? Because what we're doing is we're acknowledging, in my mind, we're acknowledging that this isn't what it's all about. Yeah. And so when Jesus comes again in his second coming, he will, that's the general, we talked about this before in a podcast, the particular judgment versus the general judgment. The particular judgment is whenever I die. The general judgment is whenever Jesus comes again and judges all of humanity. And whenever that happens, you will get your body back. And and in whatever way that is, right? So kind of like how Jesus, whenever he rose from the dead, people 
they saw him, but they didn't really recognize him. He could walk through walls and stuff like that. It would be the same thing for people. If you're in heaven and you get your body back, the glories and everything will be multiplied. Mm. If you're in hell, then the pains and the sufferings will be multiplied. So your body just adds to whatever state of life or state you're in. Sure. And we get our bodies back. I mean, I think it's important that we as Catholics know that, right? Because John Paul II used to say it all the time. We're not a... um, we're not a spirit and a body. Like, mm-hmm. we are one. Yep. Yep. And so angels are pure spirit. So the nature of angels, I know a priest friend of mine, he does a class on uh, angelology, is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Angelology, demonology. Um, and it's like a nine-week course. Each, each like It's like nine classes. Does each he go one to be. different parishes and do that? He offers it. At, or does uh, he just do it like once a year? For no, it's like an accredited course. Okay. So like he offers it through like the Thomistic Institute or like uh, the uh, Aquinas Institute here in Lafayette. And it's Father Clinton since that. He's yeah, yeah. No, I knew who you were talking about. Yeah, so the, uh, and so it's a real, it's a deep dive into it sure. because it, we have a lot to say about angels and demons. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, It's not like just kind of something, an afterthought. There's it's a not whole, like the book Ghost Along the Bayou, right? Yeah, it's a it's a real it's it's a real deep course because you got to get into metaphysics and all that, and so it's a lot to cover. But the nature of angels, I think that might be too much for a twenty minute podcast, uh, or at least I would say this: it's too much for me to explain in a twenty uh, minute podcast. If I was more familiar with it, I'd be able to do it. But angels. Are, we should have Father Clinton Sinsat come sit in on the podcast and let's see what he says about it in 25 minutes. Or he less. would he would blow people's mind. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So he so when he was in seminary, fun story, if you're listening, Father, he was hmm. one summer assigned to St. Peter's in New Iberia. And I think he was on a, a beanbag and they were tossing him in the air. No way. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And he like broke a leg or an arm or something. <laughs> like it was. That just sounds like something. yeah, yeah. 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 Youth ministry is dangerous, man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's dangerous for some. Hey, for him, for him, yeah. He's he was not. he he was a, a bean pole back then. Like he was a he was he was a small kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember him because he was in Scott. So me and him are from Scott. Okay, his dad and mom, I think, taught at Karen Crow High. Hmm. Anyway, there's the history of Father Clinton since that. Just in case you were wondering. Now angels, angels yes. and demons. <laughs> so with angels. I guess kind of like an introduction into it. There's nine choirs of angels or different ranks of angels, what we would call. Um, There's three tiers to it. The first tier, the second tier, and the third tier. Each tier having three kinds of angels. The first, the lowest type of angels would be angels, archangels, and principalities. You'll notice that these names, you'll find them familiar because we actually say them in every mass for the Eucharistic prayer. Um, so I'll just go through the names and then I'll, I'll say a little bit about them. The first tier is angels, archangels, principalities. The second tier moving up would be powers, virtues, and dominions. And then the last, the highest ranks of angels would be thrones, cherubim, and seraphim. 
Okay. Those are the those are the nine choirs of angels, lowest to highest. Uh, these were formulated. This was kind of put set in stone. I would say before the Middle Ages, these are found in Scripture. Like all these names and everything are found in Scripture, but they did they didn't have like a, a cohesive theology of them until a little bit before the Middle Ages. And said, so, well, why why did it take them you know nine hundred years to do it? I said, well, they had some other things to work out, huh? So like the divinity of God, uh, the saints, and all that stuff. And people were getting killed left and right, you know, the martyrs for the faith. So they, this was kind of formulated then. Angels are the lowest rank of the choirs of angels. These, um, these angels, you could think of your own personal guardian angels, right? So everyone has a guardian angel. Every single person has a guardian angel um, charged to look after you. Every city has a guardian angel. Every country has a guardian angel. And so these different things uh, have guardian angels to protect it. And so, pretty your guardian angel, right? So Padre Pio was huge on this, He, but he could see his guardian angel by the time he was like seven. And he said, like, pray to your guardian angel often. Mm-hmm. Is that every day you should pray to your guardian angel. You should become familiar with your guardian angel in prayer. Now, people, I've heard this before, like naming your guardian angel. I would I would caution against it because whenever you name something you take ownership of it. Yeah, you kind of it's like how parents name their kids or like God revealed his name. We didn't name God. Like so in the burning bush he he, he revealed his name as Yahweh as I am in Hebrew. Uh, I am who am. And so he revealed his name. But this process of like, okay, I'm going to name my guardian angel. I would caution against it. I think, I don't think people mean it maliciously, but just in like how we understand things and especially in regards to theology, just doesn't make sense. Sure. Um, but yeah, like if, you know, if your two year old wants to name his guardian angel Bon Bon, you know, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that's a big deal, yeah. uh, but it could be. I don't know. Um, Just something to consider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So the next one would be archangels. Archangels are kind of, um, they're the leaders of angels, right? So how we have St. Michael, the archangel, St. Gabriel, the archangel. So these angels are typically given a very specific task um, to do something. They do this one task and that's it. And so that, and they, well, I guess you'd say they become famous for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these archangels have one task and that's it. Um, I don't know. Should I tell you, like, wait to the end to talk about Satan and the battle between St. Michael, the archangel, and like how that worked out? Yeah, let's keep him in suspense. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. The next one's. The last part of this first tier, right? So angels, archangels, principalities. These principalities, um, I think, um, I think I kind of just went into it in regards to the archangels. The principalities take care of the cities, 
right? So how the archangels or the uh, the angels at the bottom, they have guardian angels. Well, the principalities, they're the ones that take care of the cities. They're the ones that take care of these bigger things like these, uh, I, I guess you'd call it an idea, right? So like the United States. I mean, it's a physical place, right? But it's also kind of like an idea that we're trying to live out, huh? Democracy. So these principalities take care of the bigger things. Angels, guardian angels, they, they take care of one person. The archangels, they have an essential, very important job, uh, a singular purpose. Uh, they're the leaders of the angels, and then the principalities take care of these cities and stuff like that. Okay, moving into the second tier of powers, virtues, and dominions. These, these, this tier kind of fulfills God's plan in the universe, right? So the first one kind of dealt with humanity, right? They serve humanity very closely. And now we're getting a little bit more universal. These kind of take care of God's plan in the universe. Angels are just messengers of God. They literally, they just, they're like his hench, I mean, henchmen is kind of, could be a derogatory word, but, you know, they work for God, you know. Uh, so the powers, the first one in this second tier. Powers, they, how can I put it? They take care of kind of the natural order with things. Um, their, their principal task is fighting against demonic things, right? So the powers. They, they try to enforce the natural order of good within the world. And so their main task would be kind of fighting demonic influences on, on, on different, different things, whatever it may be. Uh, the virtues. Uh, they, the virtues now, I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners, they know about the seven lively virtues or like a virtue, uh, something good that you kind of implement in your own life, a, a, a task or not a task, but a, a habit that you would implement in your own life. These virtues of angels, they are in charge of kind of like ordering the universe. Like so the different plant, different planets and things outside of the world. Now, I don't mean like, okay, this angel is moving a planet. No, I don't mean that. Um, it's just that they watch over God's creation within the universe, right? So an angel is tasked with overlooking one of God's creations, right? So the angels, they look over one of God's creations, namely a human person. Mm. The virtues, they overlook part of God's creation, namely, let's say the planet Mars or something. Huh? And so these could be a number of angels, could be only one angel, depends. Huh? Okay, dominions. Now we're moving on up. This is the third and the final uh, one of the second tier. Dominions. Dominions, in the same way that an archangel is in charge of angels, dominions are in charge of the lower choirs of angels. 
right? So I get and mili- I think military is a good way to kind of view these things, right? So you have this squadron, you know, they're in charge of that, they're in charge of this, and then you got your captain, you got your lieutenant colonel, you got your colonel, you got your general, and then you have your five-star general. Well, the Dominions, they look over, I would say the Dominions would probably be like a lieutenant colonel or a colonel, right? So very high up, and they overlook things. They overlook the natural order of the angels, um, and that's their principal purpose, okay? Now moving into the the final tier, the highest tier. Now, so we moved from angels dealing with humanity on a very particular level, very close level. The second tier was dealing with the universe kind of, uh, you know, on a broader scale. And now this third tier, these angels deal with God. That's, I mean, that, that that's their charge, right? So now you the highest tier, these final three, they deal with God. So the first one is thrones. Um, I think it's important. So the, I'll say where we get the the description for these angels from. So for thrones, it's in Ezekiel, Daniel, Daniel chapter seven. I remember we we spent a long time on that one. Um, these thrones, they're flaming and they're rotating rings covered with eyes. Right. And it's kind of weird to say it because angels don't have bodies, right? They're pure spirit. And so how do they how do they see this? That's a whole nother discussion in regards to like how was Daniel in this vision able to see these different types of angels whenever angels don't have bodies, they're pure spirit. That is a whole nother discussion. So with these thrones, they kind of represent God's love, his steadfast love. They con- they're charged with contemplating God, his judgment, his power. Um, and that, that's really it. All right, so the, the thrones, that's what they do. The second one, cherubim. The cherubim, we get again from Ezekiel and then uh, in Revelation. In Revelation, the, now now the re- did you nod an agreement to yourself? Yeah, you have to think like about that. it. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> well, I well, mean, like you know, I mean, we talk to ourselves, we ask ourselves questions. Like I love that you nodded an agreement to yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's like y'all can't Revelation. see Father, but I'm. It, it's quite entertaining, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, you know, you're putting these puzzle pieces together. You can't. Uh, you're gonna have some fact checkers on here, so I gotta make sure I'm at least try to know what I'm talking about. Uh, so in Revelation, yeah. The beginning of Revelation. Don't ask me exactly what chapter. Maybe he's Catholic, y'all. He didn't know chapter verse. Chapter four. We'll say that one. <laughs> we'll just uh, make it up. Uh, and so these cherubim, they have each one has four faces and four wings. Two of the wings cover their feet, and two of the wings are for flight. Like they they use them to fly. Their name cherubim means the fullness of wisdom. They contemplate God's providence, and they're assigned to protect special places. That's the cherubim. They cont- the fullness of wisdom. They contemplate God's wisdom and his providence. The last one is the seraphim. The seraphim, I think, is in from Isaiah. Isaiah is 
the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. Um, the seraphim have six wings. Two of them cover their feet. Two of them cover their face. And two of them are for flight. There's only four seraphim. I think cherubim have six. I think. Seraphim only have four. And their names mean the burning ones. The burning ones. They're the attendants of God's throne. And all they do, the only thing they do, is they sing holy, holy, holy. They, they, uh, these four angels surround Christ and they sing holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. So how our holy, holy, holy mm-hmm. comes from, from yeah, it comes from scripture. It comes from the four angels that are closest to God, the burning ones, the seraphim, that that's all they do. They, they sing that nonstop, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. And that's where we get ours from. These seraphim, I remember there's, uh, I've seen a lot of artwork whenever they're looking at uh, and they depict God, like the, where I went to seminary at in uh, St. Ben's at, in, in Covington. In the monastery, they have a huge depiction of Christ in the, in the sanctuary. And around him are the four seraphim. Hmm. It's at the bottom. It's like the, they they have them as rings, and then the uh, and then they have wings. So these rings have wings, um, and they're just surrounding Christ. And so, and you'll see this in, in different artworks whenever they're depicting Christ in heaven. So those are the nine choirs of angels, each one having a specific task. And as you move up, they deal with humanity, the universe, and then God Himself. Those are the nine choirs of angels, all found in Scripture, their depictions and their missions. I say now on the flip side, demons. The demons have the same ranks because everything that Satan does is a mimic and a mockery to God. So that and that's that's Satan all the way. And everything that Satan does tries to mimic and mock God. I said, I said before, like, you know, in Dante's Inferno, uh, Satan has three faces mocking the Holy Trinity. Um, Satan has nine choirs of angels mocking God's nine choirs of angels. Um, Satan, just in general, when he tempts people, he tempts them to pride. He tries to make people in his own image and likeness just like God does. So what what Satan does to make people in his own image and likeness, he tempts them with pride to commit a sin, and then after they commit the sin, to despair. Because Satan was prideful in his sin, and, and he despaired, and he could never ask for forgiveness. And so in the same way that Christ makes us in his image and likeness, Satan do, tries to do the same thing with people. Satan's, where was Satan at in the nine choirs of angels? So we know that from the story, well, I'll say it right now, St. Michael, the archangel, defeated Satan. He threw him down, right? And then in in Revelation, it says that uh, one-third of the stars was knocked from heaven and sent down. That means Satan took one-third of the angels with him. Um, Satan was a cherubim. 
That's why there's six of them. Because seven is kind of the perfect number, right? Uh, or at least within scripture, seven. There's uh, a number of completion, especially in regards to uh, the seventh day God rested, huh? I believe he was a cherubim. St. Michael, the lowest, one of the lowest choirs of angels, threw down Satan or Lucifer, the angel of light, one of the highest ranking angels, because God wanted to prove a point that the humble are truly powerful. Mm-hmm. And so St. Michael, we have his statue in our garden, and on his shield, you'll always see it in the Latin, the Latin phrase is, who is likened unto God? So that's the phrase that St. Michael screamed whenever he threw Satan down. Who is, he said, who are you to question God? Uh, who are you to question his plan? Because Satan, he questioned God's plan whenever he beca- he said he'd become a man, and and he's and he said you can't do that. And then Saint Michael came out of nowhere and says, "Who is likened unto God? Remember who you're talking to. You can't question the Almighty. If He decides that this is it, well then that's it. There's no, there is no questioning God." And so it, in people's pride, especially in our suffering, we can, oh, when things don't go our way, we'll question God. And that's just our own battle with our pride. Uh, why did he do this? Why did he? And look, some suffering and insanely difficult. Uh, but God in his divine providence knows all. And we only see very myopic view of things. So when uh, St. Michael threw him down, who is likened unto God, taken from the cherubim, I believe. My hypothesis with this one that I I told John Ray before, um, that me and Kanye West share. Someone, I I told this and I was teaching a class. uh, I don't know if that gives you any street cred. I'm just going to tell you. Well, you know, he was, look, uh, it is what it is. Uh, So, I was teaching a class in, at Vermilion Catholic when I was in Abbeville, and, we, and they were asking me questions about angels and demons and stuff. And so I kind of I went into it. Uh, and then my hypothesis that about a year later, the teacher, she sent me a video of Kanye West in an interview, and he said the exact same thing. And I was like, hey, he's on to something, I think. Um, Satan's job in heaven was to sing the praises of God. He sang the glory of God. And everything Satan has done since the fall has been a mockery of God. I think that's why music is so influential with people and why music can be so offensive. Music is supposed to be a beautiful thing that mirrors heaven and brings us and and lifts the soul. Why do we have so so much music that is just awful? I mean, not, okay, the way it sounds, sure, but the things that they say is just not okay. I mean, it's demonic in a lot of cases, like the things that are said in music, and people are intrigued by it and they listen to it and they love it. I say, well, yeah, we don't listen to the uh, lyrics. I think that's because Satan that Satan's job was to sing the praises of God. 
And then whenever he fell, he wanted to tempt people away from God with the music. Satan, who was in charge of the choir in heaven, is now in charge of the choir in, in hell. And so I think, and and that's what Kanye West was kind of, he said in an interview one time, um, and I was like, yeah, I, th- I think he's onto something. That the, a, a big reason why music has always been such kind of a battleground, whether it could either glorify, it could really lift up the soul, or it could tear it down by the words that's said or, the, or anything. Um, it's because that was Satan's kind of like trump card. Not trump card, but I guess his, his uh, comfort zone is music. And I think that's why. Hmm. That's a that's a that's my little interesting tidbit on that one. I like that. It's an interesting thought. Well, we talked yesterday in RCA, and I'll bring us to a close because you know you talked a lot today, <laughs> um, but a lot of good information. Um, with just everything that we experience here on Earth, right, is meant to remind us. It's kind of like I look forward to the resurrection, right? <laughs> that we're not meant for this place and. We, we're drawn into eternity, right? Um, we're drawn into the reality that we were created to be with God. And so it would make sense that music would do that. Or it would do the opposite, depending yep. on the song or the artist, maybe. Yeah. Something so. I didn't go into was a different ranks of demons but that's that's a whole nother that's that's another yeah, thing. yeah yeah so um your your assignment is to get with father quentin sinset to see if <laughs> you know we can get him on the podcast and do a 30 minute conversation let's let's really test his knowledge let's see you know if he can do it in 30 minutes if he can take a nine-week course and condense it to 30 minutes <laughs> good luck <laughs> yep so um well that brings us to a close episode 48 in the books if this podcast um has blessed you we invite you to share it with a friend be sure to like us or follow us on your podcast listener of choice we look forward to seeing y'all this weekend have a great rest of your week god bless god bless